Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. One hundred sixty-seven days in space, over thirty-eight hours performing spacewalks, traveling more than six million miles, making hundreds of orbits about the Earth. But how did I get there? This is the making of an ordinary spaceman. I'm Clayton C. Anderson, and these are my stories. As I said before in a previous podcast, being an astronaut and flying into space is very much a team sport. And the phrase a lot of people like to say is is that space flight, space missions is the ultimate team sport. And so sticking with that team sports theme, uh, I met a gentleman years ago uh, in a very special and unique place. The place was League City Intermediate School on the second floor of a basketball gym. And, of course, during that time that I met this gentleman, uh, I was wearing black polyester pants, black shoes, uh, a black and white striped polyester shirt, and I had a whistle around my neck. And I was running up and down the court with a bunch of young kids, I believe seventh graders, and uh, <clears throat> there was a gentleman, about six foot four, standing on the sidelines and wearing the colors of the home team. Uh, this gentleman, <clears throat> a wonderful man, it was very loud and vociferous <clears throat> as he yelled at me after one of my perfectly accurate and timely officiating calls, and he said, Hey! Have you ever played this game? <laughs> Which is, you know, that's not a, uh, a new phrase for a referee to hear from a basketball coach. But as I sauntered over carefully <laughs> within range of this six foot four gentleman, I said, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> and he said, well, hey, we play here <laughs> every Sunday at about six o'clock. Come on and join us. And with that, I would like to introduce... My next podcast guest, who, like me, is an avid lover of sports, an incredible athlete. Listeners, please welcome my dear friend, David Ward. Hi, David. How you doing? Uh, Good morning. I'm doing well. How you doing, Commander? (laughs) I'm good, Doctor. And uh, as as we go here, I want you to to put your embellishment on the story I just told, and perhaps maybe you can uh, relate to people why I call you the Doctor. Well, <laughs> I'm called the doctor because on a Sunday evening when the commander, <laughs> now we didn't call him commander early, yeah. we being the coaches who played on Sunday evenings, but uh, the coaches who were refereeing or who were coaching 
realize that he was an athlete and he probably did know the game. So that's why we asked him <laughs> if he could play. So I believe on a, on a Sunday evening, uh, I may have been playing well. And I think at one point, Clay then, uh, Commander later, uh, started calling me the doctor for some of my flashy Dr. J moves. Yes, sir. That's exactly uh, right. And I believe that that stuck for a long time. And then when uh, Clay became an astronaut, he wasn't Clay any longer. We started calling him the commander. <laughs> and so today, uh, David and I are very close. We uh, play a lot of golf these days. And so Clay and David don't get used very frequently. Usually it's the doctor and the commander. So. Our Roger, he's in uh, Commander over. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, Doctor, you are a lifetime teacher. And as I was thinking about the, the podcast, I thought it might be interesting if you would share uh, an answer to the question of talk about coaches who influenced you but I'm interested in coaches that influenced you in both good ways and bad ways. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Pressure's so, on you now because I know a lot of these guys. <laughs> the pressure is on me. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go all the way back to my, uh, to my high school days. My, my father uh, wasn't in the picture uh, in my high school days. He he was rather ill when I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, the coaches uh, kind of took his place in in my life, and and they influenced me, they guided me, uh, kept me out of trouble, kept me in sports, uh, gave me gave me a goal, gave me goals, and uh, and that flash forward, if you will, you know, thirty eight years, forty years later, I've been involved with. Uh, teaching and coaching for for 38 years been retired for a couple of years but I still uh, maintain some contact through the fellowship of Christian athletes which I've been involved with for about about 38 years uh, the so there's the good side of the coaches who influenced me in a in a very positive good way and then probably the loud vociferous <laughs> uh, coach uh, that clay, Clay was talking about because the commander would never do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Clay was talking about, uh, I, I probably took a few hints from the television and watching some coaches and then working with uh, a couple of coaches. And I'm going to keep the names out of this clay <laughs> uh, who uh, I worked with and they were my, my bosses. Uh, they were very loud and uh, stomping and trying to get calls to go their way. So I, I may have taken some of their attributes into the profession, but uh, my wife cleared that up later, and uh, I settled back down and had a, had a good coaching career. Thanks for bringing all that up. Come well, how about, let's, let's keep going on that theme a little bit. So how about um, – so the coaches that were good influences on you, that, that what kind of things did they teach you about not just coaching, but about faith, about about life, about relationships, right? Because here you are, when I met you, you're coaching 
junior high kids, which is a heck of a lot different than later in, in our careers when you were coaching high school kids. And, of course, for those that don't know, David was quite uh, an athlete in college, quite a basketball star, and uh, you ha- so you have that understanding at that level too. So of some of these good coaches, what kind of things did they teach you to bring to the table? Well, probably one of the, the biggest lessons ever would, would have been uh, perseverance. Uh, my high school coach in, in northern Michigan, a little town, we didn't, uh, we didn't exactly have all of the athletes from the, from the big cities. But uh, Coach Lear never uh, – didn't bother him, never gave up on us. Uh, so some, some perseverance – uh, from from him, a lifelong uh, mentor of mine. I, I'm still in touch with him as he's in his uh, mid 80s. We we talk often uh, throughout the year uh, about life, how we're doing, uh, faith wise. Uh, I had a a Spanish teacher in high school who was their school's cross country coach. I didn't run cross country, but he also helped with the basketball program. Uh, so he got to know me a little bit and, and asked me, uh, I think it was my sophomore year in high school, if I would be interested in this new organization called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, Coach Spencer was his name, and uh, I just got to, to visit with him not too long ago, uh, telling him about where he had led me years ago into uh, working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes or actually just being involved with and then uh, once I got out of college and started coaching, I, I started working with uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So faith-wise, perseverance, uh, relationship. I told you those two relationships. Uh, when, uh, when basketball celebrated its 100th anniversary years, years ago, uh, I reached out to every basketball coach that that had ever coached me with a, with a letter and received letters back from them. Uh, and it was so neat uh, developing those relationships with, with those men who now have influenced me throughout my career. See, I love that answer, David, because when you say the word perseverance, that relates directly to me as well, right? Because over my astronaut career, um, as I was not yet the commander, it was because it took me 15 <laughs> applications over 15 years to earn the uh, accolade of being called commander by my basketball friends. So, uh, you know, perseverance is something that we can all learn from, and, and that's why I think this analogy is so good between spaceflight being the ultimate team sport, but also what I think is important is you're one of those people in my life that helped build me or helped shape and mold me into the person that I've become today. Uh, so tell the listeners um, anything that you can think of or that you'd like to relate with respect to you and I over our what it's been 1984 to today, so however many years that is. <laughs> Anything that you would like to share that you found unique, interesting, crazy? Uh, for example, right, you attended one of my launches, right? So 
two two of my launches so so how may perhaps that's something to to share well let, let's let's go ahead and go back a little bit to our junior high days uh, i was involved with the fellowship of christian athletes then and uh, not only did we play basketball uh, we shared some some faith moments because i asked you at some time or another to to come and speak to our uh, FCA kids, because I, I felt that you had a relationship with God and through just talking with you, uh, living life with you, and we'll get to that in a minute, uh, I realized your, your faith in God w- was strong. And so it was, uh, it was really good for our kids to hear from a, an astronaut or at that time a candidate uh, about your faith walk. Uh, as these young kids are, are experiencing the world, uh, it's pretty good for them to have some some background on, on some some people and in other areas besides just coaches. Well, then uh, at one point, I believe we were across the very short hallway from each other in an apartment complex. <laughs> yeah, early early <laughs> in our career, and and somebody. Oh, would play the piano late at night. Not late at night. Not late at night. Come on. You went to bed early. After, after <laughs> work. And so my roommate and I kind of pounded on your door. And lo and behold, it's, <laughs> it's you. And we had already begun to know each other a little bit. And golly, I, I got to say it. You're a you know, pretty decent piano player, pretty decent <laughs> singer. And as we progress in our relationship uh my wife now fiance then uh, and i ask you to sing in in our wedding so you don't just have anybody do something like that it's got to be somebody who's who you're very close with and and share life with and that's why i mentioned that so you sang in in our wedding uh then you sang in my nephew's wedding my one niece's wedding my other niece's wedding and then my daughter's wedding i have two daughters one decided to get married off in cancun on a one on a what do they call it destination wedding so you didn't get to sing there but by golly you sang at the other one so i mean that that's family you're uh you're more than a friend more than an acquaintance we we grew up together grew apart and grew back together just like brothers do and uh, gosh, then I go to the uh, the, uh, the high school at, at Clear Falls High School, and lo and behold, <laughs> the commander's son is coming to that high school, and he's involved with our Fellowship of Christian Athletes. In fact, he's one of my leaders at uh, Clear Falls High School. And again, I I prevail upon the commander now to uh, come and, and speak with us. Uh, our fellowship of Christian athletes, and he did that. And then, uh, like Clay said, Commander said, I got invited to to both of his launches once uh, with my <laughs> my brother's family and my family, all of us there. And then on, on the second time, as part of, uh, I might tear up a little bit. Oh, it's okay. We we understand, okay. brother. As as part of your family. Uh, to be there for uh, for the second launch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, gosh, I know I've, I've kind of skipped around a little bit, but uh, there's a, there's quite a bit of it. 
Well, Kent, tell us what it was like to – let's go to my first launch and, and uh, tell us what it was like, that experience. What did you feel? What were you thinking? Um, what, what did you all, your family at that time, talk about as things were coming to fruition, if you will? <laughs> well, first of all, we, did, we didn't get to see you very much, and we didn't understand – that we'd never been to, to been to one. We did get to see a little bit, but not much. I think it was really just across the the ditch, the ditch. right? Yeah, or the, yeah, or the street. Yeah, yeah, the street. But we did get to spend time spend. with Susan and and the kids. And uh, and I, if I'm right, uh, my brother and his wife, my nephew and his and his his wife, and their kids were there, and my two nieces and their husbands and their kids were there. I mean, pretty much all of that side of my family had come down uh, for the launch. So we got to spend family time. Uh, And admittedly, we were super excited, but also a little bit anxious. (laughs) So was I. (laughs) Well, I bet you were. But uh, you want to talk about some heavy-duty prayer time. Yeah. Uh, The family spent some heavy duty prayer time because man, you were going up in a, in a red hot tin can and we were a little worried about you. <laughs> well, yeah, let me share with the listeners. When David talks about the uh, wave across the street, um, as astronauts were stuck in quarantine, once I left the house in Houston, I went from my home to the crew quarters facility at the Johnson space center in Houston. I spent several days there until we flew to the Cape and then at the Cape, we're still under quarantine in the crew quarters. And the one time we got to meet our what we call extended family, which was my relatives, David, his family, that were invited to, to get on a bus and drive out toward uh, the launch pad. So they get lots of great photos with the shuttle in the background. But where it used to be a ditch, but now it's on a road, and so it's called the wave across the ditch. And all these people from each crew member has their entourage of folks, and the closest we can get to them is is the road, right? We can't be across. We can't shake their hand. We can't hug, right, because we don't want to get sick or, or get some virus uh, that, uh-huh. we take into, yeah, <laughs> that we take into space. So it's a very emotional time. For them, but it's a, a very emotional time for me. For on that day, seeing all these people that I love and that care about me, you know, and of course David Sutton and Cole were. I don't know, Cole was ten and Sutton was six, and I hadn't even seen Sutton since I left the house in Houston. But at least Cole got to participate, so uh, it was very an anxious moment and an emotional moment for me too. So now compare that launch with your family. And did anything change when you came to the second one and you were part of our families? Oh, yeah. First of all, to be uh, to be asked to be part of, of, of your family at the second launch because of your mother's passing uh, in between. Uh, <laughs> I got to I got to fill in that spot, that spot. And that was pretty, pretty overwhelming. But now uh, learning the the inner workings a little bit of, of the launch stuff. When, when I'm told to show up at a, a condominium at four in the morning, (laughs) uh, pitch black, uh, and, and these vans all kind of swoop in very cloak and daggerish. And, uh, 
I've, I, I board the van and uh, only the best go. for uh, you, my friend. Only the best. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, uh, that was yeah. I, I had no clue about all of that. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit when I had to get a physical back in Houston. Oh yeah, yeah. To be part of your family because I couldn't yep. be sick and give you any virus. Right. So uh, because now this time I get, I get to be close to you, and uh, and actually we got to hug and talk and, and yep. so forth because I was healthy and had been uh, gone through the protocols so the vans swoop in and we are heading out to the to the breakfast uh before you guys and gals uh, head off into the vast unknown uh, <laughs> although you know about it we don't uh that was uh gosh uh, otherworldly i mean here i am just a little old basketball coach from uh, League City, Texas, and I am meeting astronauts from around the world, uh, sharing, breaking bread with them. Uh, one of their last, I think it was your last meal with everybody. Yeah, if, uh, I, yes. With everybody. I know that was in the morning. But uh, to be introduced as part of your family, uh, it just uh, solidified the fact that you and I are tied together, man. I hope <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. Uh, Absolutely, I'm okay with that. Most of the time, except when you you know beat me at golf. Wait a minute, that that's never, never happened. happened. I knew that was coming. I could I could have bet a thousand dollars that I knew that was coming. Thousand dollars. <laughs> but one day I will. No, well, you know it's interesting, David. That's it's coming up. The anniversary's coming up, and and uh, what our listeners may not realize is that we did all of this. Uh, on Easter, um, or at least, I don't know if New it was there. exactly Easter. I think it was maybe the day before based on the fact that we were going to launch at uh, 4 in the morning, so we were going to be up at night on Easter morning or, or whatever it was. But uh, the anniversary's coming, and and uh, you are my brother, and I think yeah, that's buddy. absolutely amazing. and. That leads me to another question I'd like to ask you, if I may. So tell us a little bit, and I'm not trying to make a plug here or anything, but tell us a few of the heroes in your life. You know, as a kid, I had uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back then was Lou Alcindor, and I remember he was the first autograph that I ever sought, and I wrote to the Milwaukee Bucks, and I had no idea what address to send it to, and it made it to Milwaukee, and it made it to someone who then sent me a black-and-white picture of Lou Alcindor that was autographed. So tell us about some of the heroes in your life. I have a... uh... Well, I'll save the best for last. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you, Lou Alcindor, UCLA. Uh, growing up in Michigan, you would think that I would have been a Michigan fan, Michigan State fan. I, I was a basketball fan, and I fell in love with UCLA. Yeah. A lot and of so, us did, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And and I'll get to the, to the big reason why UCLA, but Lou Alcindor was big, of course. But uh, I made, which was a huge bet for me back in 1971, maybe, of $5 with one of my buddies that UCLA would win the national championship the year after Alcindor graduated. <laughs> he, took, he took that bet. Well, 
and flash forward, they did it again. Yeah. Uh, okay, with Rowe and Wicks and Patterson and a couple of guards that could really play. But the coach was the same, Johnny Wood. Yep. The man, the myth, the legend. There's no myth about it. He is, he is a legend. I finally got to meet him. He was one of my heroes. And I finally got to meet him at a coaching clinic well after he had retired and was no longer doing clinics. But he was there signing autographs. And, man, I stood in line and I went up and I told him that story real quick, like. And he looked at me and said, son, that wasn't a real good bet after I'll send her graduate. <laughs> That's awesome. So he was a, he was a longtime hero. Uh, Johnny Wooden coaching, and one of the reasons I, I wanted to coach my own coach. I told you before, Coach mm-hmm. Lear kind of took over when when my when my dad was gone. Uh, oh, quickly tell I, them before you go past Coach Lear. Tell them what happened to you in your hometown high school here a couple years ago. Oh, I was honored to be uh, brought into or voted into the high school Hall of Fame at uh, my high school up in Gladwin, Michigan, and. Uh, in, in my acceptance uh, speech, I, I did go over all of my coaching heroes, including Coach Wooden, my football, high school football coach. You know, back then, coaches stayed forever yep. at the schools they were at. So he, was, he had retired at that point, but was still around. Uh, and my basketball coach, my baseball coach. Now, my baseball coach was there. The basketball coach was there. In fact, he introduced me. And uh, Coach Spencer, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, coach, uh, he was still there. And uh, so I got to honor them with uh, becoming honored into the uh, High School Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Uh, excellent choice. Well, thanks. <laughs> but uh, number number two hero probably on my list would <laughs> and I'm, I don't have to brown nose you, Clay. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a hero to me. Oh, thank you. The, well, the 15 years, you know, the, that you never gave up. Uh, shoot, you never gave up on, on me. I never gave up on you. We weren't always close during all of those 15 years. We were close at the beginning and then close uh, as you became the astronaut and, and, and got to go up. And we've been close now doing a lot of things with our families your son, your daughter, uh, and you with my kids. I mean, it's just been just a, a, a glorious, uh, praise God, ride. <laughs> and then uh, whoo, number one hero, <laughs> my brother Dwayne. Yes, sir. I could have bet Big a thousand baby. on that too, David. Bubba. Uh you can relate whatever you want to uh, with your getting to know him. I, I know you went and stayed with him for a short while uh, when you were going through some stuff and uh, gosh, <laughs> and then you end up singing his kids wedding. <laughs> so our, our families are just tied. Yep. Uh, and I thank God for that often probably need to thank God for that more often. So uh, my brother filled in uh not only as a brother as a dad as a lifelong friend uh, we see each other often spend time together often email each other every monday morning probably call too often according to my wife <laughs> but uh that's uh, 
there, there, there's the heroes. That's, that's an awesome list, David. I'm honored to be on it. Um, I've not met John Wooden, um, or I did not have the opportunity to meet John Wooden, but I sure had the opportunity to meet and know Dwayne Ward. And uh, I can only echo uh, the words and the sentiment of his brother, David, because Dwayne is an amazing man, uh, an amazing giver, uh, an amazing uh, mentor, uh, and just a, a, an all-around great guy. And, and uh the Ward family <laughs> epitomizes family to me, and uh, the fact that I consider myself a part of your family and you consider yourself a part of mine is is probably more blessing than I could have ever asked for back when I was a young kid growing up in Ashland, Nebraska. So, uh, David, thank you for being on our podcast and, and thank you for being the, the man that you are and the family man and the Christian that you are. And, uh, I look forward to our next golf outing. Um, I get four mulligans. If I even have a hopes of beating you, I need four mulligans per nine and perhaps, uh, you know, a gimme putt on every hole. (laughs) Well, with that being said, (laughs) We'll play for a hundred dollars. <laughs> well, well. Okay, I think we need to cut this podcast short. Over. <laughs> well, I love you, man. Hey, I'm just gonna echo that. I, I love you, man, and uh, Godspeed. Hey, kiss your wife square on the lips and tell her it's for me, will you? Okay. And by the way, Susan left the studio there. <laughs> yeah. She's here now. <laughs> That's good. I, I like how you're picking up on the comedy aspect here. That's really good. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, love thank you, man. thank you again, and love you too, and appreciate you being on with us. You bet. All right. We'll see you soon. Okay. Doctor. Bye-bye, Commander. Please rate, review, follow, subscribe, as it helps others find my podcast. Thank you for listening, and a special thank you to my dear friend Chip Davis of Mannheim Steamroller fame for the use of his talents and music. A Huda Media Production.